Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Hello, welcome back to Make Your Marketing. This is Pia, your host. And today I have Andrea Houston, who I've known for how long has it been? My goodness, it's been a long time. Yes. Um, Andrea is the founder and CEO of Artitudes Design. It's an award-winning creative agency that specializes in providing high-level speaking and design support to top executives. She's been in the tech industry for over 30 years and has won several awards such as the Puget Sound Business Journal's 40 Under 40. Congrats. Thank you. The, the annual Enterprising Women of the Year Awards for Enterprising Women Magazine, Cambridge Who's Who, and the Key for Women Achieve Award. Dang, girl. That's awesome. <laughs> her podcast <laughs> her podcast is called The Lead Like a Woman Show. Love that. And it focuses on empowering women leaders to empower others through topical discussions and interviews with female leaders. She's passionate about helping to close the gender gap for women in business. And her new book, with which, by the way, I finished in one night uh, is stronger on the other side. And it was written to empower women with the power to choose their own path. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thanks, Pia. I'm so excited to be here. Great. So I, as I told you before we started recording, I have so many questions for you. So we might have to make this a two-parter, but, um, because <laughs> uh, I loved your book and I, I love listening to your podcast. So my first question to you is the new book, Stronger on Your Other Side. You wrote that to empower women. What was your impetus in writing the book? Oh, so I started this book three years ago. Well, let me back up. I started a different book three years ago. I was okay. telling other women's stories. So I did interviews of women who have come through something big to be stronger on the other side. And I started working with a book marketer and she said to me, nope, you're going to write your story first because your story, if you put that out there, then you can tell other people's stories. You can't tell other people's stories unless people understand that you're coming from a place of empathy. So, so that's really what started it. And it was a COVID project too. So... <laughs> Why not write a book? I Why started a podcast. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> so in the book, you talk about other. And I especially love the story about your family calling you other Scrabble champ. <laughs> um, can you tell that story and what you mean by other? So I love to play Scrabble. I wasn't a nerd in high school. I was a brain, according to my brother, who was in the same class. And I love words and languages. And so we have this huge Scrabble board that my husband bought me for Christmas a couple years ago. And it hangs on the wall because it's magnetic. Super and cool. I, I love to play Scrabble, but I've never lost a game. That was a knock on wood, just you know. <laughs> um, as, 
not with the family. On my online tool or the online game, I, I've lost a few games, but I never lose a game. And so nobody wants to play with me. They're just like, no. <laughs> Wonder why. You're, you're too good at Scrabble. We don't want to play. So you know what I started doing recently? I have, I'm playing against myself. So I <laughs> can you can you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so I just pull all the letters on two of the kind of the racks and I do it myself. Oh, so okay. I'm always trying okay. to best myself, which is kind yeah. of fun. <laughs> yeah. So they call you other. What does that mean in the context of the book and in our lives? So for me, I believe I was born other. Um, as okay. a woman, I, I was born other. And I think most women of my generation and your generation, which is our generation, really, uh, yeah. were. Uh, I don't think younger ladies feel the same way. But really, the concept of other is that I wasn't exactly what I should have been. Meaning, my dad wanted a boy. <laughs> no offense to my brothers, but I was yeah. a girl. So I always felt that I was trying to live up to some bar that kept moving higher and higher and higher. And therefore, I was not who I was supposed to be. I was other. Hmm. And I still feel that way sometimes. I work hard against it. Really? Even after everything that you've been through, I'm surprised. (laughs) Oh, I'm a work in progress, Pia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I always think that we're kind of like, you know, what's the Harry Potter term for for kind of the the special people with magic. Muggles. Muggles, yeah. So the muggles. Oh, actually, the muggles are the normal people. Oh, that's so right. Yeah. So I always say, oh, well, those muggles just don't understand, right? <laughs> they just don't <laughs> understand because we're, we're special. <laughs> we're the magical um, ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you and I are in similar um, industries, but you started Artitudes, your agency, back in 2003? No. 2000? No. <laughs> 1995. <gasps> okay. I was way off. Okay. Okay. It's been 26 so, years, Pia. Oh my gosh. I didn't, I, you don't have to admit that here. No. But anyway, <laughs> I love the story of how you started Artitudes with like how it started with you running out and getting a business license. Can you share that with the audience? Cause that is so awesome. <laughs> and so me. So I had been working as a graphic designer and I started as a technical illustrator at this engineering firm. They did big energy management systems. So super dry, but I did training design and other things. And I started without even a computer on my desk. That's I'm just dating myself again. <laughs> I've been working there about seven years, almost eight years, and I'd moved my way up into the lead of the creative services. So I was the creative services manager. I was pretty proud of myself because I was young. I was 24 years old. Wow. Um, and I had a team of six who worked for me, and it was a very cool setup for me. Well, the, I came in one day, and they'd been purchased by a French firm. And the head of the marketing department sat me down and said, you need to lay off your team today. And I went, oh, I've never done anything like that in my life. So I had packages for everyone and I I laid them all off. It was the early 90s. And the next day I came into work and I got laid off and I never saw it coming. That was my age talking and my lack of experience. So I went home to lick my wounds and figure out what the heck I was going to do. And two days later, they called me and they said, we made a mistake. We need to roll out a complete brand change from the parent company. And they're not going to do it for us. Would you come back and bring one of your team members? And I quite literally said, I'll call you back. And I hung up and I drove myself to Olympia, the state capital of Washington. And I got myself a business license because there was no such thing as online back then. It existed, but not (laughs) quite in the same way. 
So I got a business license and I called him back the next day and I said, yes, I will come back and I will bring one of my teammates and you will pay me through my own company. And it was fantastic. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I just love the chutzpah of that. Like, <laughs> like you just, you just came up with that and it was very inspiring because I think that's kind of how female entrepreneurs think, right? They just, they, they're yeah. the masters of pivoting and the masters of like taking lemons and making lemonade. Yeah. So love that story. Well, Pia, I never wanted anyone to control my destiny again. I wanted to be able to control yeah. my own. And that was really yeah. the whole impetus for it is I, I'm in charge of me. So. Yeah, I think I experienced that moving from corporate to entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, when someone had told me, you need to pay your dues. They literally said... <sighs> You need to pay your dues to get from point A to point B. And they said, you have to stop coloring outside the lines. And I said, (sighs) I'm taking my crayons and I'm leaving. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Because, yeah, no one needs to control your destiny. So since we've had this experience in, in our industry and you are female business owner, can you give us what you've seen evolve from when you first started the business to today? And does it give you hope or does it make you sad? So in terms of being a female business owner? Yes. Okay. Yes, I can. So I remember when I first started, I wore suits. This was the early nineties. I went out and bought myself pantsuits. I did. I had black pinstripe. I had pantsuits and skirt suits and I would wear them to my meetings with men. Because specifically with men, because I needed to feel like I was on the same level with them and that I was Mm -hmm. in charge. And what's changed for me uh, is that I no longer have to do that. And that was an internal change. I can be who I am and say what I feel and I'm okay and they're okay. But what I've learned is that if I put myself on the same playing field as they are, they respect me more. Now, Mm -hmm. we are going backwards right now. And I'm really Mm -hmm. sad as women uh, that we're going backwards. I did a speech yesterday for a big event. And I talked about how women lost 5% of all their all jobs worldwide last year, which is far more than men. And the combined amount was $800 billion that we lost last year as women, which is the combined GDP of 98 small countries. So we're going backwards because women are expected to stay home and take care of the kids and they're expected to help with the schooling and everything else. And a lot of times when two people work, when partners work, they'll look at the partnership and say, well, you earn more money or you earn more money. And so it's hard, super hard. And for those listening, if you're listening in the future, this is 2021. We're just coming out of COVID. And so it's been like 18 months of uh, women having to make these decisions. And it is really sad. So what are some hopeful things that you see coming out of this for women? Oh, there's so much hope. There really is. Women are starting to own their own power and realize that they have a say. And one thing I have to tell you that makes me ever so hopeful is the younger generation. They they are not born with this idea that women have to break a glass ceiling. They don't even see the ceiling. They don't see it. Love that. I know. Because any woman can be president. Any woman can be the CEO of a company. I mean, look at Mary Barra, who is the CEO of General Motors. I mean, talk about a male-dominated industry, and she's a CEO. And so girls especially are seeing this. They don't see the barriers. They don't see them. 
I wonder if some of that has to do with their moms being in the work world and also yeah. starting. There's so many female entrepreneurs yeah. and startups, right? So yeah. they're, they've got great role models. They do. Um, yeah. So on your podcast, you talk to women leaders, women business owners, entrepreneurs, lead like a woman is what you call your podcast. Yeah. What does that mean for what? How would you interpret that lead like a woman? Well, first, it sounds good for marketing purposes. I have a friend who wanted me to change it to um, leading like a woman. I'm like, no, it doesn't work for me. I want yeah. lead like a woman. I want it to be strong. Uh, and yeah. for me, that really means to own your own power and your own ideas. So you're not trying constantly to be a man or fit a square peg in a round hole. Rather, as a woman, we are nurturing, we are caring, we do things differently. And that's okay. And I want us to understand by doing that, we're empowering others. And I feel like part of that too is uh, speaking up, like yes. speaking your power because, you know, I uh, several times myself and others have been told, you know, you need to pipe down, you need to soften it a little, you need to like, don't be so aggressive, don't be so assertive. Um, I, I just, just the other day I had a female friend tell me, you know, maybe you're pushing boundaries because you're pursuing this one person to come on your podcast. And I'm like, I have never been a failure when it comes to being persistent. Like that right. has never been <laughs> the wrong path for me. Exactly. Right? And so she's like, okay, so I, it's just, it's uncomfortable for some people, even women. I'm, I'm I shocked. Know. Well, yeah. so I wrote an article on LinkedIn a long time ago, probably about two and a half mm -hmm. years ago. One of my articles has had over 8 million impressions. Wow. But the article I'm talking about has had probably about three. And it really talks about girls are labeled as bossy where boys are labeled as leaders and really yeah. focusing on the fact that. It's the same thing. And women should never yeah. be labeled as bossy if they're just being aggressive and being in control and being the person to look up to. It's, it's negative. It's just like you said, aggressive. Rarely are men labeled as aggressive in the business world. Yeah. Rarely, but women are every day. So it's changing those stereotypes. Because yeah, for me, it's, it's absolute baloney. Yeah. And it's, it's encouraging that, that younger female entrepreneurs and business owners and women working in corporate are, that's not even, they don't, it's not even on their radar, right? Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So one of your goals is to empower other female leaders to em empower women. Do you have a good example of, of someone doing that? I know you are, you're empowering women, but what are some other businesses or women business owners that are doing this that you can give us examples of? So my whole goal is to empower women to empower others. It can be men or women, frankly. Okay. But I do believe that women can lead the way in that. And it's super important that they do and they don't question themselves. So I will tell you, a lot of my clients are doing a fantastic job. St. Michelle Wine Estates, one of my favorite clients, has this focus on women. And so they have this, this thing called Women of the Vine. And there's a lot Ooh. of female winemakers out there, but a lot of women who work in the wine industry. And they're focusing on empowering them and showing off their skills and elevating them. It's the same thing with Microsoft. They have an incredible program for women. And they're really realizing that the more women they have at the table, the stronger their company is. And really, the more profitable. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to have to check out the St. Michelle women. Women, what's it called? Women, women of the, the vine. vine. Of the okay. vine. And so it's a group of winemakers that are women then. 
winemakers and other women in the wine industry. Okay, fabulous. Let's say I'm in the audience and I'm thinking about starting my own adventure, my own business. Um, What would you tell them not to do? And if you had to start over today in 2021, what are some of your (laughs) touch points? Yeah, that's that's a really hard one for me because I've learned my best lessons by failing forward. That's true. That's true. Let's start. Let's reverse it then. Let's say what are like the top three tips, like most important. The very first thing I would say is don't be afraid to risk everything because if you're afraid to risk everything, you will not ever succeed. So number one, don't be fearful of risk because failing is just a stair step to success. Nobody who has ever succeeded has not known failure because you can't understand what success is if you've never failed. So that's my top tip. My second one that I tell every female who's trying to start a business of some sort or their own adventure to gather your tribe. You need a tribe of supporters. And really the ones I recommend are a CPA, a lawyer, a banker, a business coach, and a girlfriend you can drink wine with and cry with. Because you're I love gonna, it. You're gonna need them all. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I have I have some great ones to refer. Not girlfriends. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't have my girlfriends. But anyway, <laughs> we can share if you. You can have some of mine. Yeah. Too. So. <laughs> yeah, and and I know that your husband's been a huge supporter um, with you and your business and everything that you've gone through. So that is great advice. Anything else that you can think of? Your tribe. Your what was the first one? Uh, so really gather your tribe is very important, but also don't be afra- afraid of risk. Risk, risk is super right. valuable to winning yeah. and to success. So those yeah. are my absolute top two. But my third one that I would say, and most women are afraid of this, but get funding. If you have mm. a brilliant ideal, go for funding. Most okay. women business owners bootstrap. We are known for bootstrapping. We are known for borrowing from our credit cards. We are not known for getting a line of credit until it's too late. Yeah. So there is money out there for female founders, a lot of it. We just have to tap into it. Yeah, absolutely. And and go to your banker too and, and get that line of credit before you need it, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving on to the second part of the audience who, let's say someone like me, who has been in business for 14 years and wants to scale. I know one of my problems is that I want control over everything. We talk about (laughs) control and letting it go in the book and we think we can do it all. So what advice would you give to a woman business owner who wants to scale and is, is kind of not stuck, but you know, something to strive for? Let go. So I was forced to let go. I was in a coma for 19 days. And by the time I came out of the coma, I was out of my business for almost eight months over the course of a year because I was in a wheelchair for six weeks. And so there were a lot of things that, that happened to me that made me lose control. And I'm a control freak. I'm I'm better Mm -hmm. than I was, but I used to love to control everything with my business because I thought I was the best at what I did. So the one thing I have really learned to do is hire people that are smarter than me. I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to hire people who are smarter and better than me because then I can just let them fly with a little bit of direction. I can let them fly and business goes well and their lives go well and the rest of the team's lives go well. And so 
that is the most important thing to, to losing some of that control freak tendency. The other thing I would tell you is I had a business coach once who said, you're at the center of this wheel and the outer spokes of the wheel are like HR and finances and project management and designs. So they were all around me. And they said, the only way you're ever going to be successful is to move out of that middle position and only take one spoke of the wheel. Yeah. And it's that's really great. Helped. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had business and marketing coaches and they're like, you need to, to uh, basically get yourself out of a job. Like, yeah, you need to get yourself fired. <laughs> yep. Work on your business, not in your business. Right. So yeah. for people listening out there, one of the great tips I've gotten too is to have a CEO day, right? Yeah. And, and just focus on how you're going to scale and grow that business. So yeah. great tips. Uh, I want to dive into the book. Okay. So... I know the reason uh, you told us the reason why you started writing this and we talked about the other. You also talked about living with full responsibility for themselves. Yes. Um, and I want to hear your insight on that. Um, mm. But I just started really focusing on radical responsibility. And Ooh. if people have followed that, that journey, they understand yep. that we are all responsible for the good and the bad and the happiness. Yep. So absolutely. From, yeah. So from your point of view, how does that play into your story? Well, I didn't know the term radical responsibility, but I believe that is exactly what I'm preaching in my book. What <laughs> I've learned through many trials and tribulations is that I am in complete control of my own happiness. Nobody else can make me happy. Nobody else can make me sad. So when I hear somebody say, oh, you made me feel intimidated, I will say back, I can't make you feel anything. I'm sorry if you felt intimidated by our conversation, but that control is not up to me. That is up to you. And that's yeah. the same thing with happiness. I have a family member who is always down. And if one thing goes wrong during the day, oh, it was such a horrible day. I'm like, it wasn't. Mm. Think about what was good instead of what is bad. And so yeah. I, I have a gratitude practice every day. I write down yeah. every morning six gratitudes at the minimum of what I'm grateful for. And it really helps set my mindset. Yeah, I love that idea. I feel like we have a little bit of a victim mindset right now that I, I would love to see turn around. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and life happens for you, not to you. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Nothing yeah. happens to me. It's yeah. a gift. Whatever happens, I learn a lesson. Yeah. So because my business is all about marketing and our audience comes here to hear about marketing tips. Are there any marketing tips as a entrepreneur and long-term business owner that you can share with us that you have seen that's working really well for your business today? So I'm going to say the same thing I said before is hire people who are smarter than you. And I say that because I do not understand everything about social media. We create mm -hmm. digital marketing pieces for our clients, but I'm not an expert at getting it out there. So every time I need a social media expert, I hire an intern, a young intern from college. I hire them and three times they've turned into employees because they're that wow. dang smart. Yeah. But really to understand the landscape of marketing is vitally important to be successful because you can do yeah. all you want and toot your horn. But if you're in a silo, nobody's going to hear you or know who you are. So you yeah. have to be able to get out there and say, hey, look at me, look at me or look at us. Yeah, that's great. Where can people find you on the intranets? I know yeah. you're everywhere now. So where's the best place for people to reach out? 
So probably the best place is LinkedIn and it's Andrea Houston. Okay. The last name is H-E-U-S-T-O-N. Uh, I also have a website that is andreahouston.com and you can get to all of my different places from there. And please check out her book. Stronger on the other side is excellent. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, right? Yeah, yeah it's everywhere you yeah. want to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trust me, I read it in one night, so it'll be Thank amazing. You. So, my final question before we go: I know that you have a a, a very strong. Uh, kinship with Denmark because yes. you spent a year in Denmark. We've talked about this before. My mom is Danish. Yep. I have Danish background. I know I felt what you were saying about coming back from Denmark as a young adult yeah. and how things are different over there and there's more strength yeah. and more positive support for women. For sure. Um, and it was really different coming yeah. back here. What would you say to parents of young girls um, to empower them right now? Oh, wow. That's an interesting question. A very good question. So for parents of young girls, I would absolutely tell them to push their daughters to fly. Because in this day and age, it's very easy for us to take care of our young forever and ever. But without being pushed out of the nest to some degree, they're never going to fly. And you know, the yeah. best thing that happened to me that created who I am was living a year abroad without my family around me because it forced me absolutely to stand on my own feet and find my voice so that I could have a say. So yeah. let your girls fly. Let them be strong-headed because you know what? It's not bossy, it's leadership. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Andrea. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Pia. Talk to you soon. Bye. guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>